This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Health Podcast, a new season from BBC Good Food. I'm Tracy Ray, qualified nutritionist and health editor here at BBC Good Food. In this series, I'll be your host as we explore the world of health and wellness through a series of interviews with renowned and innovative experts across the globe, where I'll be seeking out some of the best practical tips and advice they have to offer. Remember that all content provided here is for informational purposes only. If you have any questions or concerns related to your personal health, you should first seek the advice of your local healthcare practitioner. This week, we're talking food, family, and fitness. Joining me is Joe Wicks, aka The Body Coach, a British fitness coach, TV presenter, author, and all-round national treasure to discuss what he's learned to be true when it comes to fitness, why eating well matters to him, and his tips for finding a happy balance in fitness, family, and food. Hi, Joe. Welcome to our health pod. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. It's an honor to be um, invited on as a guest. And yeah, I'm a big fan of BBC Good Food. So thank you so much. Amazing, amazing. We're so happy to have you here. Um, so I'm going to dive right in. And I'm really curious to know how has the pandemic been for you? Um, and in particular, what are you looking forward to now that things are starting to open back up again? Well, I mean, looking back at the pandemic, obviously, it was a really, it's like a, it's like um, a bittersweet thing for me because it was really difficult, you know, emotionally, like not being with friends and family and 
you know, being locked in your home for all that time. But at the same time, it allowed me to do PE with Joe and I had this amazing community where I really had this moment in time where I felt like I was actually living my dream and really helping people on a massive scale. So it's kind of, you know, I'm glad the lockdown's over, but I do miss, I miss that connection that I had when I was really there for people, helping them get through that time. And, you know, I had good memories of PE with Joe, you know, the fancy dress Fridays Mm. and the quizzes and all the children that took part. So it's kind of, it's something I'm going to remember forever as a moment in time that I really, it's my proudest achievement, what I'd done, you know, with the PE stuff. And um, Mm. so, yeah, it's kind of, it was difficult, but at the same time, I was so busy and so focused on doing those workouts that it kind of got me through. But yeah, I am glad that, you know, there's no more lockdowns, but really my mission is to continue it, to continue the legacy of um, P with Joe and to inspire and motivate young people to engage in fitness still. So that's really the mission to continue that. Amazing. And I mean, that the uptake of um, P with Joe was just incredible with over a million views worldwide. And of course, you went on to receive an MBE, which was absolutely an amazing accomplishment. So congratulations. Tracy, on that. one million views. No, 100 million views. 100 million views. My, my numbers are totally <laughs> you've got, you've, out. You missed a few zeros. Out. Yeah, no, it was, it was like proper. I couldn't believe it, but it was global. So on the first day, we had 900,000 um, live, you know, viewers and stuff. So over the over the whole year, we had 115 workouts um, with 100 million global views on YouTube, which is mind-blowing, isn't it? That is incredible. Even just, just thinking about that amount of people logging in and doing something that's so good for their health and well-being is just amazing. What an impact. Yeah, that's um, why I feel like it. I feel like... Um, it's my pr- proudest achievement. I always think, you know, what can I possibly do from this point on that's going to be that meaningful, that impactful, where the whole world was locked in their homes and I was doing those workouts at 9am. So yeah, it's it's a real highlight for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very wonderful just to see families come together for the first time and exercise and have fun and be silly and sort of let let a bit of steam off and also just forget about what was going on with the whole lockdown and the COVID thing. So yeah, it was a definitely a big moment in time for me. Absolutely. And, you know... I think that's a really interesting thing because both with this PU with Joe movement, which, as you say, was absolutely massive, but also even your work in general, I've observed that you've managed to make fitness something a bit more relatable and as such attainable for quite a large variety of individuals. And I was really curious from your perspective what it is that you think helps people resonate so much with your with your content. I still have to pinch myself when I realize, you know, how many people have followed me for so many years and bought my books and, and like, you know, like the YouTube stuff, like 10 million people a month do my workouts. And I always wonder, like, why I stood out amongst all the other millions of trainers around the world. And I, I think, to be honest, it comes down to I just genuinely love what I do and I'm really passionate. Mm-hmm. And I, I made that confusing kind of, or, you know, un, unkind, you know, people are unsure about fitness and food. And I made it really simple. Like with Lean in 15, it was very quick recipes. It was 15 minute meals. Yeah. Um, and the same with my YouTube work, I sort of broke it down into bite-sized chunks so people can find 15 minutes to cook a recipe, they can find 15, 20 minutes to do a workout. And I think I made something that seems a bit daunting, seem quite accessible and friendly and also just had fun. Like I'm, I'm silly in my workouts, you know, and I, I mess yeah. around and I have fun and I'm really real. I don't edit them. So if, I, if it's the winter and I'm, I've got my inhaler and I've got a bit of a tight chest, I pull out my inhaler and I'm on the floor. You know, people like the realness of my workouts, I think, because sometimes it's very edited and people sort of polish it and they don't sweat and they're not out of breath. But I do these workouts in real time with the people that are taking part. And I think that's what really, really people, people really enjoy about them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there is kind of a humanity that you bring to it by just being, you know, no matter how you're you're feeling or what's going on, that you always bring your full self to the table. And um, it's really entertaining um, to watch. Well, I obviously <laughs> share, you know, the good things that I do, like, you know, mm. the healthy days, but I also show the unhealthy days. I like mm. to share the realness of life because sometimes I have days where I'm really emotional and stressed and I eat food and I, I go to the shop and get loads of chocolate and ice cream. And that me showing that shows that it's totally human. It's a totally human response to sometimes feeling down and stressed. And I think people love that transparency that I that I show across my social media and with my family and, you know, the chaos of being a parent and all that. You know, I just think mm. people follow me because it's the realness. I'm literally sharing my life on social media and people have really come on a journey from when it was just me, you know, doing Instagram videos, hanging out in my, you know, my kitchen in um, Surbiton. So then obviously having a wife and kids and having a weaning book and, a, and now obviously I'm doing family food because... I really love taking people on that journey and I, I'm, I'm so passionate about young young people's health and fitness. So, mm. you know, this book's come at the right time. I think it's a really nice time to release a children's, you know, family book. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to ask you a few questions about your book in a moment. But before that, I'd really just like to um, focus a little bit on um, the health and fitness space from, from your perspective, because as we say, I think you bring something very um, human and real to um, a space that can sometimes be a little bit confusing and overwhelming for the the mass population um, because there's so many different messages coming at us at such a regular frequency. It's really hard to kind of understand, well, what is it? What can I do to improve my health and fitness? And I guess to start with, I'd love to know um, how has your philosophy about what health and fitness is changed over the years? I think the principles around everything I teach is trying to make it really simple and not frightening because there's so many obviously messages around low calorie dieting and you know mm. zero carbon, low fat, and all these different fads. And it's and and you know they do work for some. I'm not knocking everything, but I do sometimes mm. think just keeping it simple, getting people in the kitchen cooking, like taking it back to the mm. ultimate basics of can you cook your breakfast, lunch, and dinner at home, and you know avoid fast food, convenience food and ready meals, because that's really what eventually like drains us of our energy, you know, cause us to gain lots of body fat and be unhealthy because it's prepared by other people in, you know, mass, mass produced. And it's probably obviously really high energy dense foods that we kind of rely on when we're tired. And so the first thing for me is like, can I inspire someone to cook a recipe to maybe, you know, watch my Instagram video on the way home on the tube or on the bus and just go and grab those ingredients and quickly go home and make it. And I think that really happened mm. with my Instagram videos because I made it quick and simple and fun. Um, and with the workouts, again, it's like turn your living room or your bedroom or your garden into your workout space. And I promise you, you will go on a physical and mental transformation because you'll find the time, even if it's 20 minutes, you'll get something done. So it's combining, you know, the food with the exercise, which I truly believe you need both. But I mm. definitely think the narrative change over the years, it used to be very much around get lean, you know, get, get, get ripped, get fit for summer. It's all about the body image. It's about the before and afters. And now I really think about the testimonials, the written, the words underneath and the non-scale victories, I call them, where people are like transforming their lives. So I think now I'm talking a lot more about a lot more about mental health and the, the, the emotional benefits of exercise. So although I'm saying the same thing, my narrative is changing because I truly believe the reason we should exercise is to firstly and primarily is to feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting um, that you say that because I wonder, have you noticed any difference kind of since being in lockdown in terms of people's um, 
approach to, to fitness themselves in terms of the idea of actually being able to access really good workouts from the comfort of your own home, as well as seeing working out and eating well as something that's actually really important for your your mental well-being, as, as you say. Have you noticed a difference between how um, your followers and and people respond to that kind of messaging? I think I think a lot of people change their behaviors towards exercise when they had to work out at home. Obviously, some people found mm. it very difficult and just can't get in that mindset of exercising in the place they live. But a lot of people tried it for the first time. And they moved their sofas, they moved their tables out of the way, and they were doing it in the kitchen and the living room. And it just shows that you can do it in a very small space and you can feel mm. great by doing bodyweight exercises or maybe with some bands or a couple of dumbbells. You don't need lots of equipment. So I think definitely people that used to go to the gym a lot who couldn't get to the gym, I imagine they've probably kind of, you know, converted maybe to sort of doing home workouts. But I still think that, you know, the people that love gyms and CrossFit and, you know, on uh, classes in, in person will go to those. But I do think... P with Joe would have, would have shifted a lot of people's perception and behaviors towards exercising at home. And I can even see it on my YouTube views. So before P with Joe, I mm. used to get 2 million views a month on my YouTube channel. Um, after lockdown and P with Joe, I now get 10 million views. So those are new people trying my workouts out for the first time or consistently. So I, I definitely think people, you know, yeah, they're giving it a go and they're realizing, you know, I can fit it in. Even if I've got a busy job or I've got Zoom calls, or I've got my kids knocking about, I can have a quick workout when they're having a nap. I can do something for myself. And that's a really powerful message. And the same with the cooking. I think when you're forced to cook at home, hopefully mm. people enjoyed that, you know, of being there for breakfast, lunch and dinner and enjoying that with their kids. And I know it's obviously a bit of chaos sometimes, but I do think people would have reconnected through food and fitness through that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even for ourselves, we saw massive rises in people looking for kind of more of the the baking, home style cooking, comfort food cooking, you know, all of those kind of things, um, which definitely shows that the, the lockdown kind of changed people's uh, mindset when it came to that and also gave us more time to um, really focus on those things and, and nourish ourselves. Um, and I guess kind of just what you were saying about the the fitness and you know kind of fitting it in here and there to to as something to make us feel good um I know that when I was a kid I always believed that you know in order to be fit or to have a strong healthy body you know you had to spend hours working out every day but I think you know online fitness classes like like your own and the, and the videos and things have really kind of shown us that actually no you know even having 20 minutes to spare can make a huge difference in your health and well-being you know do you think is is that enough to um st- get the benefits of of working out a lot of people assume that you need like an hour gym workout or mm. you know a class a high intensity class but the truth is i believe that short bursts are very effective a for obviously burning energy and for feeling good and energized but also for your mental health you don't need to do an hour if you can't find that time i think a 20 minute hit workout or a 20 minute power walk or you know bike ride around the park like it all adds up it all means something so i I still think the exercise is one part of the equation but you also need to be thinking about your overall activity throughout the day so are you walking are you getting up are you in the garden you know obviously if you're sedentary all day long and you're just relying on the 20 minute workout you're not going to be burning probably as much energy as you need to. So just by yeah. doing things like walking to work, you know, as sim- silly as that sounds, all these things add up over a week and a month. So providing you're eating healthy and you're, you know, eating sensible portion sizes, as long as you're active. And I, I do believe 20 minutes of intense workout, you know, intense, ex- intense exercise a day is enough. 
Um, but it's about consistency. It's like, can you do that five days a week for months and months on end as opposed to a week on, a week off? Because it's very hard to truly transform your body if you are sort of stop, start, stop, start. So it's about getting a lifestyle that suits you, that is that is flexible, that works for you. And then that way you do get results. You do start to go on a transformation. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it seems just much more achievable to think, okay, I can spare 20 minutes in the day. And also Joe said to try and make sure that I'm walking to the store or that I'm walking up the stairs and that when I'm sitting at my desk, I'm, you know, standing up uh, for a few minutes every, every few hours. I think that makes it a lot more attainable, particularly for people that, um, you know, are very new to to fitness or might be in a place where they're very unfit, it can be quite intimidating to think, okay, I need to get into this one hour workout every day. So um, I really love that. I really love that message. Um, So another thing that I just wanted to ask you a little bit about is that you've spoken quite openly about your experience with kind of binge eating kind of junk junk food eating and I wondered if that's something that you could expand on a little bit for our audience because I think it's quite rare um, at least from what I've seen um, to see someone in the health and fitness space talk quite openly both about having days where they um, you know eat a lot of junk food but also talking about how it makes them feel Um, I wondered if you could expand a bit on that Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I think it's really important to show that, you know, you don't have to be someone who's really overweight to be someone who turns to food when they're emotional, mm-hmm. when they're stressed. Like I exercise a lot. So obviously I'm lucky I can get away with it because I do exercise and I do burn lots of energy from, you know, my job and my lifestyle. But there are days when I can be on the landing and I can either go upstairs to the gym and smash out a workout because I feel stressed or I'm like feeling a bit down or I walk downstairs to the kitchen and I have six crumpets, like three Weetabix and like, you know, loads of cheese and biscuits and just eat because I don't know it's just it's just an emotional response sometimes you're stressed and you just you turn to food and I think it's important to Mm. show that it's a very human emotion and you know food in the moment makes us feel good chocolate makes us feel good we're eating cheese and crackers like ice cream and crisps and all these things we love but also essentially for me personally the next day I'm so bloated I'm so lethargic I'm so tired so 
although I'm not like sitting there feeling guilty, but about about the food I've eaten because I don't feel like that around food. But I, I certainly feel bloated. I feel sluggish. I don't want to exercise, and it's kind of like a it, it, it rolls into the next day, doesn't it? Where you think, oh, I've blown it this week. I'm just going to keep going. But for me, it's important to show that it's okay to have those days. But try not to let a bad day of eating become like a bad week of eating. Try to sort of accept it, acknowledge it. That was yesterday. Now use that energy, you know, get active, do a workout and sort of re- refocus yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally human. And I have days where I just want to go around the shop and get some Monster Munch, some, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And I just want to eat loads of chocolate ice cream and stuff. So I think people love that. I, I actually shared something yesterday around that because last few mm-hmm. weeks I, I have been feeling a bit down and just a bit just like, you know, the weather's been bad and what's going mm. on in, you know, in Israel and Palestine. And then obviously with the COVID, it's constant in the news. So I was just eating heavy. loads of food and being very greedy, like not like overdoing it, but just super greedy and just like, stuffing myself with food. Um, and I shared that and people are like, I can't believe you're saying this. Like, I've been, I've been feeling exactly the same. Like, thank you for being someone who's not just this perfect guy eating perfect food all the time. Um, I really believe that's a powerful message when I share those things. Mm. Well, it it makes people feel heard, doesn't it? Because I think sometimes when we're looking at, at people like yourself who are working out so regularly and keeping a fit body and, and all of those things. And I think sometimes in the background, if we're trying to stay fit as well, but, you know, maybe have that weekend where we uh, drink a little bit too much or eat a little bit too much uh, chocolate cake, you kind of feel like, oh, why can't I um, be be that way so it's it it feels very um it feels like you're you're very heard and you can resonate with someone that oh they're human too that me too so I can just go and start again the next day and I think that's a very powerful message as you say yeah I think it's important to be honest and open and be transparent I think people really connect with those moments of vulnerability where you're like wow 100%. he's human like he doesn't want to exercise today but he's done it anyway and he feels good that that's the thing I always try and use my experiences of what I'm going through to kind of create a little bit of action or change someone else's mind for the day because you know I don't do it all the time but when I do have a blow the next day I'm bloated my tummy hurts so you know just does because mm-hmm. it's like a treat but it's also not good for you like when you smash like a tub of ice cream and loads of cans of fizzy drink like the next day your body doesn't like it it's not ready for that so I, I think people respond well because they realize actually I do that and it's okay to do it but let's move on and have a positive day and eat well today. Exactly. And I think that brings me to a point that I'd I'd love to broach with you because it's something that I see coming up quite a lot in the health and fitness space. And that's the question of can you outtrain a poor diet? Um, and I think you've you've already touched on it, but um, you know, I think sometimes, particularly if we're when we associate um like food and exercise purely with weight, um, as opposed to uh, what you've been talking about here in terms of like your whole body, how you feel mentally, how you feel physically. Um, Sometimes it's really easy to kind of reduce it down to calories and think, oh, well, it's okay if I uh, eat two tubs of ice cream, I'll just do a workout the next day and I'll be fine. But what I'm hearing you say here is actually, no, what you eat has an effect on how you feel, irregardless of how much you're working out as well. And both activities matter. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's just a calorie thing, because obviously mm. the foods you eat, like eating like avocados and, and vegetables and, and healthy fats and olives and cheese, like that's one energy source. But when you're eating like, you know, ice cream and, and, and fizzy drinks and chocolate, it is, it, although it's, you know, it is calories, it contains energy, but it affects your digestion, it affects your sleep. And I think mm. food affects our mood a lot more than we think. So 
you know, uh-huh. we feel bloated, we feel grumpy, we feel impatient, we want more of it. It's like a vicious cycle. So I just mm-hmm. believe in having treats, having a balance and just acknowledging that if you do have a day where you indulge, it's like, it's okay because the next day, you know, you can get up and you can do some exercise and you can make some better food choices. And you're always going to have those even weeks and months where motivation drops in terms of exercise, also mm. in, in your willingness to want to cook, you know, sometimes you just don't want to, you just can't be in the mood for it. And, you know, that can be affected by the weather or the media or what's going on in your life or your relationship. So I really believe you just have to have a balanced approach and, and, and it's okay. Like some days you're going to have really bad eating days. Other days you're going to be good. Um, and I think the most important thing is just to be consistent with your exercise. You know, if I didn't exercise how I did 100%, I would be an overweight person because I'm mm. greedy. I, I love feeling full up. I'm not someone who can like have a few crisps and leave it. I'll eat the whole bag. I can't just have two crumpets. I'll eat six crumpets in one sitting. So I, mm. I do love my food and I do enjoy it, but I am very active. You know, I am, I am burning lots of energy. Even though I don't count calories and track everything. Mm. I know that I do burn a lot through exercise. And so that for me is obviously something I can kind of get away with. But if you're someone who's very sedentary and you are eating lots of cakes and ice cream and chocolate every day, you know, eventually your body will start to store that as body fat. And so it's, it, it depends kind of what your goals are really. Yeah, absolutely. On a practical level, do you have any tips that you can offer if there's these things around that they can't really stop at one piece of chocolate or one crumpet or whatever it may be? Um, do you have any advice in terms of um, how how we can kind of enjoy treats, but also manage the manage the intake? I think the simplest answer for me personally is like, Mm. It, it just can't be in the house. So if I don't have it in the house, I don't eat it. So I think when you buy it and you order it in, you've got lots of food in the fridge and the cupboards that are your kind of trigger foods that you love, then that mm. that's kind of difficult. But, th- you know, that one thing is, yeah, try not to have them in the house. You know, maybe buy them when you go out. If you go to the shop, like treat yourself or have an ice cream when you go out, but rather than buying tubs and tubs of the stuff, which is what, you know, sometimes I do. But um, another thing is if you focus on your meals, so three big meals, a big breakfast, a big lunch and a big dinner, not a little mm. like piddly little yo- low low fat yogurt and a little salad and a little soup, like yeah. because all you're going to do is crave and want more and more food, and you're going to snack, and you're probably going to have a blowout in the evening. So, focusing on three big meals means you don't snack, you don't really want much in between because mm. you've had enough energy. So, start the day with you know a, a big bowl of porridge with some berries and peanut butter and you know chia seeds mm. and and sunflower seeds, things that are going to give you like energy throughout the day, and then in the afternoon you know have a nice like a big veggie stir fry or something, something that you can do quickly. Um, and, at, yeah. and at, at nighttime have, you know, protein sauce, like a bit of fish or some chicken with some rice and some, you know, nice roasted vegetables with some herbs, things that are simple, but these are the things that are going to fill you up as opposed to mm. salads and, you know, soups and like, you know, low calorie meals. I think that's the yeah. issue because then you end up going for the biscuits at night. Um, I don't really do much snacking if I'm eating three big meals. So I think it does change my my body and my diet if I'm eating three meals and focusing on that that, that alone. Mm. Well, I guess you're you're filling yourself up on the good stuff, aren't you? So you're kind of providing yourself with all the all the nutrients that your body needs to support the energy cycles anyway. So you're not as in need of all that kind of sugar and 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 junk to try and get that quick energy hit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's just about the aim is to try and keep your blood sugar levels, you know, level at all times and having things mm. like carbohydrates with, you know, combining with fats. That's why I like add adding some, um, you know, nuts or, or like almond butter mm. to your oats. It, it gives you, it kind of balances things out and gives you a really nice steady source of energy. Um, so yeah, just kind of things that work. But yeah, I just think it's about focusing on the meals, nice, big, generous portions, combined with exercise, and you don't have to overthink it too much. 
yeah, just enjoy the process. Yeah, enjoy Amazing. the process for sure. Amazing. Um, so as you as you mentioned earlier, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, this new book that you've recently launched called Joe's Family Food, um, which offers over 100 simple, healthy, delicious recipes for the whole family. And can I just say I managed to get a little bit of a sneak peek and I've already been bookmarking recipes. It looks absolutely delicious and the photography is just impeccable, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. Thank on a you side so much. Note. I can't believe it, but it's my 10th book in like five years. I mean, I don't know Incredible. how, you know, and I started sharing videos on Instagram. That was it. I had no, no ambition, no goal, no dream to ever to ever do this it just it's amazing that it's happened and I, I always I'm so grateful for everyone that's you know that's ever bought one of my books or, or supported me on social media yeah I mean that's incredible 10 books in five years wow wow so um why a book about family food why now well obviously a family book because I'm a family man now I've got two kids so mm -hmm. it's like the perfect timing to introduce a book with recipes that I believe, you know, really suit a young family because the, the previous book I'd done was called Weaning 15. Um, mm. and, and that was a book around weaning your baby from obviously milk onto solid foods. And I really loved that journey. It was quite daunting at first, but I, I got together with a wonderful nutritionist called Charlotte Sterling Reed. And she helped mm. me learn and understand what I needed to do to really encourage Indy and Marley to eat healthy and start them at, the, you know, get them onto the right path. Um, mm. So this is kind of a really great follow on. It's about healthy food that you can make quick and simply, you know, that kids are going to love. So I, I really believe that kids shouldn't just have kids food. Kids shouldn't have like children's food and children's menus. I think you can get your children eating with you as a family. Like we have the most wonderful food because it's all they've known from the start. You know, yeah. Indy eats curries and lentil dals and risotto and things the same as Marley because that was what we offered them. And I know that kids don't like boiled vegetables because I don't like boiled vegetables. But if you roast like butternut squash or cauliflower with like curry powder and paprika in the oven, you put it on top of, you know, some risotto or some pasta, like the kids will eat it because it's like crunchy, mm. like a crisp almost. So it's really about ideas like that that's going to help, you know, families because a lot of families are at the point where they go, it's too late, my kid's so fussy. But I really don't believe it's over. I, I think you've got a chance to turn things around if you just start introducing them to new foods in a different way where they also get to enjoy, you know, cooking with you, like making it fun. So this book's really about, you know, food for a family that's going to be enjoyable and also just simple and like quick. Because I think as a family, you ain't got time to spend hours in the kitchen. And that's one thing that I think all successful books have. It's speed, quick simplicity and speed. Yeah, yeah. Something that's accessible um, and that you can actually feel like you can quickly throw together on a midweek um, is is brilliant. And I think that's such a special point that that you raised because it's it's quite challenging um, to to change our behaviors in adulthood. Um, so I think it's quite special when um, we can be raised in a situation when we're younger that we're introduced to kind of healthy, balanced meals um, and good for us ingredients and things like that. Um, and I read um, I read a little bit about your your background and I and you said that you grew up on a less than nutritious diet, um, lots of kind of microwaved and frozen foods and things like that, and. It made me really curious, actually, as to um, how you went from a place like that to a place now where um, you, you've, you've learned about, you know, nutritious foods and balanced foods and, you know, how to eat whole um, healthy meals. And I was really curious about how that relationship 
evolved over time. Yeah, I've been really open about my childhood and my diet and things because my mum had me so young. She was 17 when she had my brother Nicky and she had 19 when she had me. So there wasn't much education around nutrition back then, you know, and she just hadn't got the skills to really learn and and kind of cook healthy food. But, Mm. you know, she did her best. And we used to have things like, you know, beans on toast and, you know, potato waffles and frozen chicken and mushroom pies and like chicken dippers and all these things. And I loved all that food at the time. But yeah, it certainly wasn't like healthy because we had a lot of fizzy drinks, a lot of mm. chocolate because it was always like buy and get them free. It was just cheap. You know, it was like hot cross buns and bread and toast. And, um, you know, Absolutely. like, yeah, like we'd have pasta with um, ready-made sauce and things. But, and I do think looking back, like my energy, I was I was always bouncing off the walls. It probably really affected mm. my behavior at school as well because I was just hyperactive with the foods I was eating. But my journey into food really didn't start until kind of, 18, 19, when I went traveling, I went backpacking around the world and I had to learn to cook because I wasn't with my mum anymore. Like I was cooking things in hostels. So I'd start making a stir fry or, you know, I'd I'd make a little veggie curry or something, just just like Mm. cheap meals on the go. Um, Even learning to cook a bit of salmon or chicken breast, I'd just learn on the go. Um, And then it kind of set me on a a path of like, I feel good eating this food. And I was a personal trainer, um, but I was still going to the calf, still having, you know, ready meals and eating takeaways and things. But when I shifted, when I made the decision to shift to like eating proper home cooked food, I got fit, I got lean, I felt amazing, I had loads of energy. I, I really excelled in work because I was like had so much energy from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. because of the food I was eating. Um, yeah. And then that set me on a path with social media, wanting to share the recipes. So, you know, honestly, I was in my flat with my iPhone and I was running a boot camp and I was really busy. I don't know why, but I started sharing these recipes, calling them Lean in 15. And that that went on to become you know the books and the brand that I built through through those ideas so yeah it was definitely something that happened over time I I evolved and I I was so obsessed with sharing new recipes that I would constantly try new things so I'd be on Jamie Oliver's website BBC Good Food I'd be looking at her Instagram mm. as I was obsessed with cookbooks and learning from other people to get ideas and share different recipes so it, it really it, it the more I cooked the more confident I got and then I realized I actually was doing that to a lot of people. I was helping people try it for the first time and get confident yeah. in the kitchen. And that's really what I think my books come down to. I've I've managed to make something look really simple and fun and easy. And I, I'm proud of that, you know, like Jamie Oliver done, you know, he really made cooking fun and accessible. And I think I just mm. continued that mission really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess what I wanted to ask as well, on on the back of um, your kind of your new book that's focusing on like healthy, simple, you know, quick family recipes um, that are really kind of approachable um, regardless of of your schedule and how busy you are. Um, I wanted to understand kind of what does eating as a family mean to you um, and why do you think it's important? So in the book, I talk a lot about um, the importance of connecting through food. You know, when I was a kid, it was like ready meals, it was bang in the oven, there wasn't much thought around it. And we just kind Mm -hmm. of would eat really quick, rush it down and be out the room back on the PlayStation or in our, you know, in the bedroom or our gardens, in the garden. And as a parent, for me, I just love that moment. Not always, if they're really hungry, cooking in front of your kids is a nightmare, but just sitting down (laughs) and enjoying the food, you know, that we've made together and sometimes get the kids involved and it'll be like, you know, making porridge or you know, just making muffins or whatever. And I, I love that. I love that connection. I think it's nice. We put our phones down, we have the music on and we sit down and yeah. enjoy dinner together. And I, I really want to spread that message around that because I think it's a, it's a time that can be really chaotic, but you can also really slow things down and enjoy that moment where you're, you know, you're present. You don't have the TV on. You can just chat to each other. And I ask Indy, you know, how's your day today? What are you grateful for? And little moments that you just don't often have unless you're sitting around food and being really present. 
so yeah I, I promote that i talk about that a lot i talk about you know the importance of role modeling like when you're eating with kids like indian marley learned from watching us you know watching us with our spoon and our knives and forks and mm. you know if you if you're if your kids are just sitting there on their own eating their meal they don't get to, to learn those skills and learn how to socialize so yeah i'm really passionate about that and i love it when i see you know families sitting together enjoying food enjoying my recipes yeah no it's it's amazing um and it's such a it's it's such a valuable time that can be so easily um put to the side when you know everything gets so busy with work schedules and we're trying to organize all these different meetings and and um responsibilities but i think as you say by providing something that um you know these recipes that are very approachable quick and and convenient and also discussing you know the importance of that um you know makes it something that um is 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 quite interesting um so i want to um throw a few quick fire questions your way if that's okay so a couple of questions uh for our audience um so the first one being for the fitness averse so the the person that is completely against any sort of fitness why should someone move their body wow that's a that's a hard question to do quick fire I mean, it's because it's exercise helps you feel happier. You know, it's about the mental mm. health. It's about your energy and your mood. And so don't do it to look good. Do it to feel good. And the mm. transformation will follow. I think I think that's a pretty good answer for a quick fire. Um, so then on the flip side for the fitness enthusiast, um, how do you retain motivation and balance in the long run? So how do you keep up this lifestyle in the long run? I think the best thing to do is have, you know, daily habits and just be consistent with those. I think there are days you're just not going to be motivated. I have days where mm. I can't bear the thought of it, but I, I have this saying, you know, you're never going to regret a workout. You always feel better afterwards. And it's true. It really helps yeah. me in so many ways. So tap into that, you know, try and schedule it into your work, into your working week where it's like a, a time slot that you're just there and you do your little bit of exercise and, and everything around you and your, everything in your life just improves, like your relationships, your work, your friendship. So really prioritize that time and put your health first. Mm. And I guess this probably pushes on to my next question, which is um, for the busy parent, why is it important to make time to work out? So for the bit, um, for the busy parent, exercise is more important than anything because it's stressful being a parent, you know, having a job, mm. working, raising children, trying to be patient and tolerant around those kids. It's, it's really challenging. And I think exercise is a great stress reliever. It's a leveler. Like you can walk back into the room and and be calm and and and, and interact with your children differently. So for me, on days I'm not exercising, I'm I'm less patient. I'm grumpy. I'm moody. I'm stressed. Like I'm mm. not my best self. So you know, as a parent, please put your health first because when your health and happiness, when you've got it in your mind that you're healthy and you're mm. happy, your kids and everyone flourish around you. Mm, that's a really inter that's a really really good point um put yourself first and everything else around you will flourish i like that um and i guess the the last quick fire question um is a little bit off topic but we are uh bbc good food so we do believe in the joy of cake and i was very curious what is your favorite uh type of cake or go-to bake Oh, hands down, carrot cake with loads of like cream, with you know cre ice, cream cheese, icy cream cheese on top. Like, but I need layers. I, I don't like it when there's a carrot cake with one layer of, ice, of cream on top. I want like three layers of cream. So when you cut through it, 
It's loads okay. of cream. Yeah, you know, like creamy, icy cream. Is it called- so you're talking about like cutting the cutting the cake in more layers and just like filling as much of that cream cheese in as possible. Yeah, triple decker, like loads of cre- frosted cream cheese. And yeah, that's my dream cake. I, I, I could eat a whole one of them hands down. I mean, that's an absolutely excellent choice. Are you a raisin in your carrot cake kind of person or a no raisin? I People love are ra- quite serious about raisins in their food. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit of controversy around um, the carrot cake situation, but I like the carrot cakes with raisins and with the walnuts and, you know, the icing, Mm, frosted icing on top. Real deal, real deal. I like it. (laughs) Well, that's everything we have for today. So first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us and chat with us. Um, For anyone who'd like to get their hands on the new book, you can find the link on our podcast page. And of course, don't forget to stay up to date with everything that Joe has going on on your, is it your Instagram and your YouTube would be the best place for people to find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. It's all the body coach, so it's quite easy to find. Amazing, amazing. And don't forget to listen out for our bonus recipe read-through episode this Saturday, where we'll be sharing Joe's recipe for Oti Katsu chicken dippers from the new book. Um, Also, watch out for next week's podcast, where we'll be talking to nutritional psychiatrist Dr. Drew Ramsey about how to treat depression with your fork. For now, thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for having me. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Health Podcast. For more information, visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts to never miss an episode.